goal chance for Conor McGrath. Bernie will surely give it in, Conor. What a goal! Mackey heading it towards the 21 meter line. Team Mackey still going. Go on, your boy. Goal is up for Cats. Oh, what a goal! I can't think of a better position or a better place to be in right now, anywhere in the world. It's time to take Sam to throne. If you look back in sporting history, you'll see that the whingers and the whiners are forgotten. The characters remembered briefly, but will stick in your mind that the champions who showed class. I want nothing to do with that, to be quite honest. You know, I think it's a disgrace. Been a small change before the game, worth the street. <laughs> been a look, Donovan Connor. Wild effort on goal. It's on the first Equalizer. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening, this is Off The Ball's GAA podcast, as always, with Board Gosh Energy, proud sponsors of all our GA coverage on News Talk, follow hashtag hurling to the core. He is Shane Stapleton. And I am Oshin Langan. You can get him on. At Shane Saint. And you can get me on at Oshin Langan. Coming up, XL Ireland winner with Kerry, Sean O'Sullivan. On the replay this Saturday between Mayo and Kerry, we will obviously talk about whether or not Aidan O'Shea should pick up Kieran Donaghy whether or not it worked last week and whether or not it will happen again. But we'll also talk about the other kind of tactical things in last week's game. The nuances. The nuances, yeah. And and the stuff we may or may not see this Saturday in the replay in Crow Park. Kerry's full back line, for example, was left badly exposed. We'll talk about that. Their work rate was a big part of it, which we'll talk about. Yeah, we'll also talk about Sunday's match between Dublin and Tyrone. And I guess if you're Jim Gavin and Mickey Hart you're probably happy that the Mayo-Kerry replay is happening on Saturday because the focus really is on that game and Dublin and Tyrone aren't as much kind of in the centre of things this week as they would have been had it been a standalone fixture. Isn't a lot of that down to the absolute drama that is created by this Mayo team? They're unmissable. In a poor footballing summer so far, a largely poor footballing summer. I don't mean the team who wins it are a poor team. What I mean is the season at large has been poor. Mayo have been the story. Yeah, they're just incredible to watch. I've no skin in the game, but last Sunday morning I woke up at whatever time it was, 10 or 11, and I just couldn't wait for the game because you know Mayo are going to deliver. Even when they hammered Roscommon in the replay, they were thrilling to watch. Mm. And all this talk of miles on the clock... I hope a lot of people are fairly embarrassed with their talk of this miles on the clock stuff because look at the look at the vim and vigour yeah. of this team. Shane, Shane, I say a lot of stupid stuff, so I have a lot to be you embarrassed do. You about. You talk about get, people getting to the pitch of things an awful lot. But, I uh, can't get bogged down in one particular stupid thing I said. Yeah. Although in fairness, I didn't bring up the miles on the clock thing. I put no, it to Stephen Rochford who said to me on a couple of occasions, look, lads like playing games. It's better than training. They do, of course. And uh, the thing is as well, Keep them fresh. they've got Barry Solon, who is the first team S&C coach with Arsenal overseeing. Now, he wouldn't be on the ground yeah. with them every week or anything it's like that. It's not his fault they're occasionally shite, but they are fit. Yeah, but like he, if, if he's good enough for Alexis Sanchez and Theo Walcott, and I know I'm <laughs> mentioning injury-prone players, <laughs> but if he's good enough for a Premier League team... yeah. Surely he's good enough to get the boys ready for for six or seven, well, in this case, possibly yeah. ten games, big games in one summer. You'd have no worries for them because, like, there's lads at 35 years of age. Like, look at Andy Moore in 33. Look at Kieran Donaghy, 34. Like, some of the best players, Brick, Kevin yeah. Moore, all plus 30, and they're going for years and years. I mean, if you can get one player right, why couldn't you get six or seven players right? Uh, so miles in the clock, me, uh, me backside. I was watching on Sunday in the stadium and Dave McIntyre was sitting near me and I kind of elbowed him and said, oh my God, it's happening, it's happening. Aidan O'Shea yeah. going back to Mark Kieran Donaghy. Now David Brady had talked about it the day before on Off the Ball on the Saturday panel 
and he, he mentioned it and he was serious. He thought this was a real possibility but then at the same time he was kind of laughing at himself. He was a victim. He's a victim of his own crack really, yeah. isn't he? Because people didn't take it serious because, seriously because first of all it's outrageous and second yeah. of all Asher, there's David Brady at it again even though, you know, he's quite, he's a very good analyst. Excellent but, uh, analyst. There, yeah. was an, there was an element of that that it wasn't fully believable. It's like and he knew exactly what it. he was saying. He knew how it sounded. Yeah. But at the same time, he had the conviction, the courage of his convictions to actually say, this could happen. I think this might happen. And Carlo Kane has done an excellent piece. Uh, if you check his, his Twitter at Carlo Kane, I'd say, um, talking about how, you know, over the years, Ker- Kerry have really exploited Mayo with this and that people talk about Donny Vaughan should have gone back. But Donny Vaughan, he clearly, uh, Rochford clearly, uh, clearly felt he didn't have the height. Donny Vaughan did excellently on Johnny Buckley. Yeah. And he said that Lee Keegan on another day would have scored three points because he missed three and that he was going back covering Keith Higgins every time Keith Higgins went back to the sweeper. It's a really forceful, strong piece and it's worth reading. Now, I still think that Aidan O'Shea should have been moved up the field at some point because so many scores were coming off Donaghy. Yeah. But it's a, it's a strong piece and uh, it makes the case that Stephen Rochford isn't willing to just watch history repeat itself he's going to try something new and you know you'd have to agree with that at least he's brave enough to go through with it Yeah, I really admire Stephen Rochford for a couple of reasons one he is brave enough to try things and we saw maybe as well as good a keeper as David Clark is he struggled with his kickouts now when Kerry press up yeah. I'm not sure there's any keeper can handle that I maybe Cluxing his success rate was 46% in the first half it was disastrous but that's not just down to a goalkeeper is it I mean that has to be down to your teammates as well Yeah, well, I know like, there was a, a couple, couple went out over the yeah. sideline but even last year when Kerry played Dublin, yeah. or maybe the year before, even the great Stephen Cluxon, and I'm not being facetious there, he is great. Even some of his kickouts went awry. So yeah, I would that be was too hard on Clark. Yeah, that was last yeah. year. No, and you're right. And it is. It must be unbelievably difficult. Now in the second half, he went shorter and he went quicker. Yeah. And you'd notice that a lot of the TV replays didn't even pick up his yeah. his um his kickouts. So like that's going to be the test again. Yeah. That's going to be unbelievable pressure. Can you imagine what David Clark is feeling when he's standing over a kickout and there's no options yeah. there? But my point is, is it's kind of a twofold point. One, just talking about the kickouts and how difficult it is for David Clark. Uh, but two, it goes back to Stephen Rochford having the balls to make big decisions. Mm. Last year, I have no doubt he was convinced that Rob Henley was able to handle that better than Clark, and that's obviously why he got the nod. Now it backfired, and when that happens, and it backfired because he hadn't played in three months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But my point is, is he, may, he was brave enough to make the call. Yeah. And what calls did he make this week? I, I saw, um, I think John Dively wrote that he would drop Seamus O'Shea and he would drop Dermot O'Connor. And he's, he reckons there's no room for sentiment here. He'd like to see Lee Keegan at midfield. He'd like to see Jason Doherty go wing forward and Conor Loftus go in corner forward. Now, Conor Loftus got, I'd say, was it 90 seconds or something like that? Yeah. And he was going for, like, in the lead-up to Brian Sheehan's late free, he was coming short for um, a hand pass from Tom Parsons and it was cut out and you can decide who you'd want to blame for that. Yeah. But maybe. Like, maybe he needs some, to do something bold like that because we can see that Conor Loftus has the talent, but it's another thing to deliver and, it at a big stage like this. And wasn't it Seamus O'Shea who actually got dispossessed for Kerry's first goal? Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah when yeah, I yeah. put it to Stephen Rochford, look, did the, did the Aidan O'Shea on Kieran Donaghy thing work? Because take the goal for an example Kieran had an awful lot of space and he said well actually that was nothing to do to do with Aiden. we were caught up ah. the pitch now I, my point was maybe Aiden should have been closer to him but he said and he should we were, have been. He should we have were been caught up, up his... the pitch we were caught up the pitch and Kerry broken yeah like see he was never in his togs yeah. when when Donaghy came out for a ball Aiden O'Shea was 10 yards yeah. off him and his positional sense was of somebody who's never played full back yeah. he's won an all-star at midfield he's won an all-star at full forward yeah. 
not everyone is Tommy Walsh and can win an all an all star in, in many lines yeah, of the Tommy field. Tommy never so. did it in goal though. Sure look. Till he does it in goal. <laughs> and he nearly could, knowing Tommy. He'd go back and he'd, he'd become the best would. goalkeeper and in the world. And actually the great Liam Devaney um passed away a Bursa yeah. Lee man uh from my own town, five time All Ireland winner. A former hurler of the year. Yeah, nineteen sixty one and he's the only uh I think he the only position he didn't play in for Bursa Lee or sorry for Tipperary was was full back. And uh, there was a lot of, he had many, many invitations to go play with Thurless when they were winning um, county title after county title. But he stayed with Boris, unlike myself. Yeah. And, uh, he, you know, he was an exceptional player and, you know, yep. sad that he passed away. It is very sad that he passed away. Um, Jack O'Shea, by the way, spoke to me a little bit earlier in the week on Off The Ball's Facebook page about how he didn't particularly like when he went back in full back at a time when Kerry were looking for a full back he said it's a very different uh, position you can listen and watch his comments on that and uh, regards Dublin and Tyrone we will preview that game but Joe McMahon was on off the ball during the week and you can catch up on that on the podcast section also today by the way on off the ball's GA podcast we hear from Tipperary's Noel McGrath about being one of the players who isn't looking forward to the All-Ireland final having come so close because in the next couple of weeks you're you're going to hear an awful lot from the people who did make it but what about those who have been there and who haven't been able to make it back how do you feel about it how do you handle it can you even watch the game it's interesting stuff from Noel McGrath who was at the uh, launch of the Apple Green Kilmacud Croaks Hurling Sevens uh, tournament that uh, obviously takes place the day before the All-Ireland Hurling Final in Kilmacud Croaks in Stillorgan Shane I think we'll agree that Kilmacud Croaks is Dublin's Finest GA club? Ah, top, top club. Top, top club. Okay, let's get into it with uh, Sean O'Sullivan, former uh, Kerry footballer and, of course, winner of uh, many All-Ireland. Sean, how are you? I'm good, lads. Good. Thanks for having me. Are you relieved after last weekend and at the same time excited and confident about this weekend? Yeah, yeah, very relieved. Very relieved. Um, Look, there's no bones about it. Okay, you you can look at the end of the game and say that it was Mayo that needed to kick an equaliser through Paddy Dirk and it was Kerry who had a free to win the game. But if you take the game as a whole, um, Kerry were extremely lucky. Extremely lucky if Mayo had taken their chances um, and just been a little bit more, um, I suppose, had a little bit more belief in themselves, they they should have been out of sight. Um, we, we coughed up two sloppy goals um, in the first half probably another one should have gone in bar Mark Griffin's heroics on the line and maybe a small little bit more composure from the Mayo forwards should have been another goal and we definitely I think you know we we would have been out of sight then in terms of, of getting ourselves back into the game so very relieved but on the other hand and I spoke about it myself in, in my own piece for the Kerry men down here this week I think we have uh, one of the few managers in the country who really comes into his own now in this type of scenario in terms of a replay, in terms of learning from what we did wrong uh, and what we need to do and what we need to correct on Saturday to win the replay. Um, I would have huge amount of belief and trust in Eamon and his team that we'll get it right and that we will win the replay, yeah. We will talk about Kieran Donaghy and Aidan O'Shea, obviously. It's the talking point of the week. But because of that, I think other things have been lost. And I know people have talked about the Kerry full back line being a bit exposed. But I want to put a couple of things to you. I wonder, was that for two reasons? A, Mayor just a bloody good team. And B, maybe some of Kerry's best guys weren't quite up to the pitch of it. They weren't quite up to the intensity of it because they hadn't had a decent challenge since maybe the league final. And there's no team... 
a no bunch of players who can just spring into it and be at the pace of it after such a long layoff. And we saw in the first 20 minutes, Kerry were slightly off the pace. Now, Eamon Fitzmaurice refused to take that as an excuse when I offered it to him. But you've been there, you've done it, so maybe that was an issue and it won't be such an issue this week because, obviously, they'll have had the hard game. Mm, yeah, yeah, I take your point, Oshin, I can, but I can understand Eamon not using it either. Yeah, we, we definitely were not at the pace of it at all for the first quarter of the match. Um, I know you don't want to talk about Aidan O'Shea right now, but I, I think a little bit of that, a, a little bit of Aidan O'Shea playing full-back for Mayo actually played um, a part in the Kerry backs not being or, or, or being a little bit all over the place. And I'll tell you why. For the first three or four minutes, I watched Mark Griffin. And I would safely say, and I think it's the common um, feeling down here in Kerry, Mark Griffin was detailed to pick up Aidan O'Shea if Aidan O'Shea lined out at 11. I've no doubt in my mind about it because for the first three or four minutes, I saw um, Mark Griffin looking over to the line. I saw him looking around. He wasn't quite sure as to where he should be playing number one and number two, who he should be picking up. And eventually he landed on Jason Doherty. And unfortunately, Jason Doherty just had that little bit of, um, uh, he was just that little bit too slick for Mark on the day. So I think that was number one. Now, did Mayo, you know, by playing Aidan Shea back full back, did they think that was going to happen? Did they think that, you know, that that would be a one-up on Kerry, maybe not, but that's the way it turned out, okay? Now, I also take your point. Mayo have very, very good forwards. You know, Killian O'Connor, Andy Moore, and Jason Doherty, these guys have been playing the game a long time, and they've been playing with each other. They know, it, they know the way each other work. They know the movement. I watched the Mayo forwards in the first half, and because and, and, uh, I was right up that side. Never once did they make really... They never had to make two or three hard runs uh, to get a delivery. Once Mayo had the ball out around the middle of the field and they had broken the line, they just had to point maybe once, maybe twice, uh, into a space, into a pocket of space, and that ball was delivered, um, which really had the carry backs at six and sevens. Now, the amount of space and from the carry full back line we'll get to in a second. But I definitely think it played into Mayo's hands because it did confuse the Kerry. Kerry had their matchups done and they probably didn't expect Aidan O'Shea to go back there. So look, hats off to Mayo in terms of that. Now, we'll get to that in a second because I don't think it worked from a from a Mayo point of view. But it's certainly true with the Kerry backs, especially Griffin. Um, so from that point of view, I think, you know, the next day what will happen, you know, I think Mayo will go the same way, to be honest. I think they'll they'll back they'll back their their forwards to have another good day out um, and that's where Kerry are going to have to come with something different um, the protection that we give our full back line is questionable um, I think Anthony Maher was brought in to possibly be our more defensive midfielder he just never really got back there um, to help out I thought that David Morne who was brilliant going forward and is a real leader for us um, just maybe neglected his defensive duties a small little bit. So it's fine to say that we'll go one-on-one and we'll match up with these Mayo backs, but, you know, if Crow Park is a lonely, lonely place. If you're a full-back there or a cornerback and, and the likes of an Andy Morn or a Jason Doherty or a Killian O'Connor has that amount of time and space to take you on. So I think that's one area that Kerry will definitely look at. The talk out of Kerry Oshin is that, and look, this isn't us getting ahead of ourselves because we don't do that, but the talk is is that 
Kerry are looking at a potential All-Ireland final against Dublin. Now, before you say anything, Tyrone will have a lot to say about that. Of course they will. But if Kerry are going to play Dublin in an All-Ireland final, they are going to go man-to-man and they're going to push on, they're going to press. And that's what they did the last day against Mayo. But unfortunately, what, when they, in doing that, they forgot the little bit defensive side of it that we, we need to protect our full back line. So they're going to have to try and find the mix. It's difficult. Or they're just going to have to say, look, it's fine talking about playing Dublin in the final. You have to be there. And to get there, we're going to have to beat Mayo. And maybe we just need to beat Mayo first and set up differently to beat Mayo and worry about an All-Ireland final after that. That's my own opinion, Ashley, and I might be way off, but that's what I feel. Kerry went into the game with maybe one eye on, on a final. They won't be doing that on Saturday. They just need to get their defensive unit in order, get their system in order, win the game, which I think they will, and an All-Ireland final will look after itself after that. What really stood out to me uh, when I went back and, and did the stats was that um, if you look at the tackling, which you know you can interpret tackling in, in many different ways, but if you look at it in terms of blocks, tackles, uh, you know, um, changing the the momentum of the player, just making him move a different direction. Mm-hmm. The, the tackle count actually, by the end of the game, was 92 tackles by Mayo and 51 by Kerry. Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, Mayo had 50 in the second half, so they almost had as many in the second half as Mayo, mm-hmm. as Kerry had in the whole game, which suggests mm-hmm. where is the work rate and that it's not quite at the level it should be. So against Dublin, or against Mayo, that wasn't good enough to win. And against Dublin or Tyrone, you'd imagine that wouldn't be coming close to, to good enough. Why, why are Kerry? Why was the work rate not there? God, that's a good question. Jay. Yeah, it's a t- it's a tough one. All right, or you have a Kerry man stumped. Yeah. That's how good a question it was. But, but but even within that, I mean, obviously you can't like it's a very difficult one to answer. And I suppose I'm asking you as as a person who's played in that atmosphere and what could happen leading up to a game. Like I I, I don't know. It's it's. It's difficult, but um, yeah, it's, do you, it's, how did it's, it manifest itself even? Yeah, it's a tough one to put your finger on. Look, first of all, Mayo, and that tackle count doesn't surprise me in terms of Mayo because they worked extremely hard. I mean, it, it just, it, every time Kerry went forward, it's as if they had to work extremely hard for their scores, you know? Um, and that, look, you, you have to put that down to Mayo. Mayo just came with a ferocious work rate and a ferocious intensity that, look, maybe, maybe, I, I'm not saying this is the case, maybe Kerry did have their eye off the ball a little bit. Um, but it, it's, very hard to, it's very hard to pinpoint why the work rate wasn't there or why that tackle count is what it is. You know, Kerry, look, Kerry had a lot of the ball. They were, I suppose... I, I, I just think Kerry, when they got in an attacking um, in an attacking zone or, or in an attacking setup, they just seem to have to work that much harder for their for their scores. Like take for instance, I mentioned earlier how the Mayo forwards didn't have to make hard runs. Yeah, it was quite the opposite inside in the Kerry full forward line. Like James O'Donoghue is getting a bit of a hard time down here after his performance. Okay, but looking at it and, and just keeping an eye on James during the game, he was working ferociously hard to get that one ball, he was having to make two, three, four hard runs. And that was because Mayo were putting an extreme amount of pressure on Kerry out the field. Now, that was down to A, Mayo tackling very hard, but B, it was also down to Kerry's just their, a, a little bit of a lethargic and slow approach coming out with the ball. We were desperately slow coming out with the ball out of the back. 
we where we would pride ourselves on driving out off the shoulder. You know, if a David Moore or an Anthony Maher got a ball around the middle of the field, that you'd have your Crowleys and your Morleys and your Paul Murphys, even though I know he was pushed up on Keegan, coming out off the shoulder. It just wasn't happening. Flip that around when they'd get their ball in the middle of the field and we'd look for our out ball in our half-forward line, which we're very, very proud of as well and we, 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 we pride ourselves on their work rate off the ball to get into space to receive the out ball to relieve the pressure that wasn't happening either bar Stephen O'Brien who had a mixed day out um, we just weren't getting the out ball Mikey Ganey was had a tough 20 minutes um, Johnny Buckley was you know again a little bit off the pace Johnny's only came back from injury during the summer you know the Munster final when he came on was his first big game back so he looked a little bit off the pace for a high-intensity semi All-Ireland semi-final. We missed Dunica Walsh. There was actually only when Jack Savage came in, a young fella. You know, he came in, all of a sudden, he was the out ball. Now, did Jack have an in-product at the end of it? He didn't. But And, and for me, he went down a lot of cul-de-sacs and blind alleys with the ball. But he never gave it away. And he was the outlet all the time. And at least he carried the game to Mayo. Darren O'Sullivan did it when he came in. So, you know... Mayo were putting fierce pressure on us, so I think that's why their tackle count was so high. Um, ours was nowhere near it, which is definitely an area they're going to have to look at. But I think those two instances, the lack of support coming out of the back and a lack of an out ball, allowed Mayo to put on those tackles mm. and to get positive tackling in. Like, you know, Kerry probably tried to tackle, but there was a lot of negative tackles. For instance, the amount of times a Keith Higgins or a Colin Boyle just saunter through the middle, bypass two or three of our players. We didn't even lay a hand on. You couldn't even put it down as uh, as a tackle, never mind a negative tackle, because there was just no no tackle made at all. So I think that's going to be an area Kerry will have to look at. But without a doubt, we're going to have to up our ante coming out of the back with the ball and our half-forward line. I don't know if he's going to make changes. The talk is Jack Savage could probably get a start or else Darren they're going to have to work a lot harder to be that out ball for us because um, if you're a sitting duck like David Morden was at times and Anthony Maher looking for that out ball out, out around the half forward line, you're a very easy tackle, lads. And uh, that's where the opposition's tackle count will go up because you're just a sitting target, you know? Yeah. I think many journalists over the years have done a, a piece with you about how you used to load the bullets for Donaghy by sending in those kind of diagonal balls for him nice and high. And obviously he was devastating the other day. And I think pretty much, I think he had something like 15 possessions and all bar maybe three ended up with a shot at, uh, on target or, or a shot a, a attempt at, at least. I noticed mm. Darren O'Shea said he he thought it was, um, he couldn't believe it when Fitzmaurice took him off late on and he reckoned that Sheehan blew it with the with the free at the end. Now, first of all, like your thoughts on Donaghy and will Aidan O'Shea stay with him? And also, like, do you think that's a bit harsh in terms of the free? Yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll take the the latter first, uh, Shane. I I think I, I think Dara's been a bit harsh on Brian. Um, look, it's very very difficult to just come onto a game like that uh, pressurized situation. And, and and kick a free of that magnitude, you know. Um, now, Brian is a fantastic place kicker. Um, I was watching him in the warm-up because as we were walking in and with conditions the way they were, uh, a group of us were going into the game together and we've just mentioned how frees were going to be so crucial uh, on the day. And look, it turned out that a free could have won it for Kerry. Now, you know, that's, that's, it's, it's difficult. He was just on the field. I know he, he had got pulled down for the free himself. I think that was his only possession while he was on. 
uh, greasy conditions, you know. So I think that's a bit harsh on Brian. Um, you know, Brian will be there again the next day. He's a good option off the bench for us. Um, in terms of him coming in for Donaghy, again, I disagree. I, I think Donaghy had got tired, and I think that was no more evident by the last two efforts he had for, for points. Um, don't get me wrong. I mentioned in my piece during the week he was our best player. I've I've no problems in saying that. He was our best player in the field. I thought Paul Murphy was a close second um, to him. But I think Donahue was our leader. He played it perfectly on Aiden, um, which I'll get to in a second. But I think it was the right time to bring him. Yeah, he had missed a fairly handy one with about 10 minutes to go. He should have kicked this. You know, he, he, he dropped it wide on, on the left-hand side. And then he tried one as well late on, which just ballooned up into the air. And that was tiredness, Shane. That was pure, yeah. purely nothing but tiredness. Um, and the reason he was tired is because he just pulled Aidan O'Shea everywhere. He he, he played him perfectly. Um, I don't think I ever can remember Kieran going through a whole game um, playing full forward without... I never saw him once um, doing his usual maybe peeling to the back post when Kerry were moving the ball down one particular side. Mm, I think true. maybe once. Once in the first half, I think. Um, I, I don't even remember him putting his hand up for a high ball. The only high ball I remember going into him was from Stephen O'Brien. And I'd say if you ask Stephen, that was a miscue. I don't think he was even trying to put it in as a high ball. Aidan O'Shea won it and it gave you know, the Mayo crowd through a few yahoos in and, and, and they were off up the field. <laughs> but I think Kieran just played him, played Aidan perfectly. He dragged him. Look, we all know Aidan O'Shea is not a back. Um, he was never going to be able to cope with that type of movement from, from Kieran. And, and what Kieran does after that is he's... He's such a team player. He's such a selfless player. Like, you know, playing with Kieran back since since 2006, um, and we had a good relationship on and off the field. He's the most selfless player you could ever meet. I know he he goes around the place with you know that, you know, kind of that basketball, you know, kind of, you know, he throws a little bit of trash talk in, and he's confident and everything. But I tell you, he's he's such a guy to have in the dressing room because. He look look at the way he slipped the ball to Stephen O'Brien for the goal. Um, he he was involved in so many other good things on the day. He he doesn't really care about Kieran Donaghy. He's he's all about the team. And um, you know he's will will they leave Aidan on him again the next? I think they will. I think they will. I don't think Mayo will change it. Um, I think they will leave him there. I think the only way you'll see Aidan O'Shea coming out off Kieran is if if Kerry go four or five in front and. Rochford feels he needs Aidan O'Shea out around the field. He might out around the middle. He mightn't even leave it go that far. Maybe yeah. if Kerry get a three point lead midway through the second half or something. Sean, you the mentioned moment. there that Kieran was capable of a bit of trash talk basketball style. So what do you think he was saying to Aidan O'Shea? Because there was a there was a couple of verbals between them, as is the way in football. I know it's you know it's, I, it's I, a man's game, etc. Yeah, and I think there were some very funny photos of the two of them yeah. after the game. They were having a bit of a laugh. I could just imagine that Kieran was saying to him, what the hell are you doing back here? Like, you know, or, um, my God, like, the, you know, yeah. they mustn't think much of you if you were being thrown back here to mark me. I've absolutely no doubt Kieran was saying it. Yeah, You know, and look, that's just the way he is. He's 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 that type of guy. Look, he mentioned in his book what he said to Aidan O'Shea after the 2014 drawn game when he went up to him and said, well done, Seamus. You know, that's, that's Kieran-like. And yeah. uh, he'll do whatever it takes to win. But what I'm saying is that 
it's not all about him in terms of, you know, yeah, of course, look, he's in there to, to he's full forward. We're expecting scores. We're ex- expecting him to be a, um, a leader and, and a playmaker. What I'm saying is sometimes he, he for the, you know, he, he puts it, the good of his own game aside for the rest of the team and tries to bring other fellas into it. And uh, look, I, I think Mayo are going to leave Aiden on him. I think as a Kerry folk, we'd be delighted to see Aiden back in there on him. Um, I'd be surprised if Rochford changes it. Um, and as I say, I think the only time he will is if Kerry are on top and, and he needs to maybe change the momentum back a little bit by bringing Aidan out the field, you know? Yeah. Um, I like, by the way, that you kept the um, possible Donaghy comments to O'Shea PG-13 for the purposes of this <laughs> podcast. I'm sure that's not what was actually said. Um, what about Tyrone and Dublin? Obviously, we brought you on to talk about Kerry and mm. Mayo. We'll get your prediction in a few minutes, but this is an intriguing one, isn't it? And... Uh, Listen, judging by what you were saying earlier on, that's who Kerry are preparing to face anyway, the winners of this game. Um, <laughs> I'm keeping a PG-13 now. Um, how do you think this game will go? Do you think it will go exactly as predicted that Tyrone will try and soak it up and catch them on the break and it's about whether or not they can convert the chances? Or do you think we might actually see something different to what people expect? Um, yeah, have you ticket for... I'd, 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 we're in a conundrum down here, you see, because we'd love to get a ticket for Tyrone and Dublin on Sunday, but <laughs> there's no point in getting a ticket until you know what's happened Saturday night, you know what I mean, or Saturday evening. And so. they'll be gone by then. Uh, yeah, uh, look, know. I'm sure you um, can get an exchange going with Mayo people. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just, I tell you, it's fascinating. It really is. I, 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 you know, it's, it's hard to look forward to Saturday's game because you're obviously so entrenched in one camp or the other, you know, that, that, that the nerves get the better of you. And we'd like nothing more than to win our game Saturday and sit back and watch this on Sunday because I tell you, lads, I don't think we're going to see the likes of this in a long, long time again, this game on Sunday. Now, I hope I'm not building it up, but I don't think I am. I think I I, I just have a sneaky feeling that Tyrone Tyrone could could just turn Dublin over. I really do. Um, look, you can't read too much into Tyrone or Dublin's last day out because it was just cakewalks okay but I just think Tyrone brings something that Dublin haven't come across in a long long time if ever I mean and I'm even including Mayo tight games with Dublin Kerry tight games with Dublin this is just a different animal altogether and I heard Joe McMahon on with um, the off the ball the boy off the ball lads there the other evening uh, sorry yesterday evening wasn't it was it you know, the evening yeah. before maybe and you could hear in Joe's voice, he was being coy that, you know, um, look, t- Tyrone will come with, you know, they, they, they'll come with their pace, they'll come with their system, they'll come with their power. Um, and he kind of alluded to that they, the, the one area he'd worry about is, can they get the scores up? Tyrone will get the scores. Tyrone, don't don't you worry. Tyrone will get their scores because they have a huge spread. I think, Shane, you... Did, you, or did somebody tweet there the other day about their spread of scores? I think it might have been Kieran Cunningham, maybe. Did he tweet the spread of scores they've had it in their game Cunningham so far? It sounds Cunningham-esque anyway. It sounds that it kind of nerdy attention mess. to detail that only Kieran Cunningham would yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, but it was That's just That's a compliment to him, by the way. Yeah, it was just absolutely fascinating in their games so far. You're talking a spread of 10 different scorers, 11, 12. So I, I, I think Joe was being a bit coy there. I don't see a problem with Tyrone getting scores because the system allows, even Mickey Hart alluded to it in an interview last week, their system allows for any one player at any one time being in a position to kick a score for them. And And that's just what it allows them to do. Now you can say the same about Dublin, 
Dublin have 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 that quality all over the field too. There's just something about these Tyrone guys that it doesn't matter who's on the ball in that particular area to pull a trigger. They're confident and they're backing themselves. I mean, you could see Cahal McCarron up kicking a score. Peter Hart kicks scores for fun from wing back. Uh, sorry, Hampsey or yeah, yeah, McCann, yeah. Hart, yeah. whoever. Yeah, yeah. Colum Kavanagh is now, even though he's playing a fantastic role as a sweeper, he's getting scores. And then you throw on top of that your 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 Mulgrews and your Sean Kavanaghs and your your um, your O'Neills and these fellas. So I don't see I don't see the the problem there with scoring at all. The biggest thing for me, and it's any time we played Dublin, whether it was under Paddy or Jack or or, or Pat O'Shea, it's can you stop Dublin early? Can you stop them and stop them early? Stop them getting momentum? Stop them getting in for these goals which they're just so brilliant at getting early in the game? Can you just rattle their cage? Can you upset them early on? And I think if there's any team left in this championship, and I'm sorry, but I include Kerry and Mayo on this, if there's any team left in the championship that can do that to Dublin, it's Tyrone. And... I think they will on Sunday, lads. I really do. I really do. And in a way, look, it would, would it be nice to see Dublin turned over f- from a neutral point of view? Yeah, it would. Um, but if Kerry face into Tyrone in the All-Ireland final, I, 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 I wouldn't like it. I wouldn't like it. I'd, I'd much, in a way, I'd rather be facing into Dublin. I think this could uh, this could end up being a skin and hair flying sort of job. It's interesting that the the average winning margin so far for the two teams, Dublin have won every game by an average of fifteen and a half points, and mm-hmm. uh, Tyrone's isn't too bad at eleven and a half points either. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they've probably had slightly tougher opposition. Uh, it's interesting they they haven't met in the championship while Jim Gavin has been manager, and that's because Tyrone haven't gotten far enough in the season. They've yeah. always gotten knocked out quarter final, semi final, what have you. Yep. But in but in the league they've played uh, Jim. Jim Gavin and Mickey Hart have come up each other, against each other five times. There's been two draws, and the other three games have all been won and lost by a point. So there's just one point between them in five games, and that's. Yeah, I saw. Jim. I saw your tweet this morning, Shane. Yeah, I that on that. It's, yeah, it's yeah, mad, yeah. isn't it? Like, I mean, that would suggest that this is going to be a tough game and a close game, and possibly even a dirty game for a finish. Yeah, and look, I, I think, and and this is another thing about Tyrone. And look, God, I, we we've look in the past, we've all. We've, we, we've kind of Dublin have been playing games and we've been kind of maybe hoping against hope that the opposition are going to come with something different like I mean even look people were blowing up Kildare a little bit in the Leinster final that they were going to get near Dublin I just never saw it happening to be honest with you but Tyrone are the type of team that if it turns whatever type of game this turns into they'll fancy it they'll fancy it you know if it if if they're going to play their system and make it a dog fight and bottle up the Dublin forwards and make them go back and over the field and then break at pace, perfect. If it turns into you know a real real dogged affair altogether, where I mean it's it's you know just uh, it gets on the physical side as you mentioned, Shane. I think that they 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 won't mind that one bit either. I just think they'll come down to Dublin on Sunday with the whole mentality of look. You may have beaten your Monaghans and steamrolled, you know, whoever. This is a completely different kettle of fish. This is a completely different animal you're facing here. And look, they've got one of the best managers in the country with his record on the sideline. He's as shrewd as they come. You know, I just go back to when they played Kerry in the All-Ireland semi-final in 2015, wasn't it? It was a wet day, was it? That was the semi, wasn't it? 
I mean, like, if that game had gone on another five, ten minutes, Kerry were in serious trouble. Serious trouble. And it actually occurred to me during that game that Tyrone had come with a system. Now, Kerry had got on top. They had pushed out to a four or five point lead. And I'll never forget Mickey Hart and his, his, his mayor four and I, his name escapes me now. I remember them watching him on the line and just, he, he sent him in. The mayor four and I ran in. He ran the length of the field. And it's if at a flick of a switch, Tyrone just changed. They said, right, we're, we're going out of this game. It's not working. We've got to go after it. And I'm telling you, if you go back to that game, if that went on another five or ten minutes, Kerry were in serious trouble. And that's why I think, going back to my point, Tyrone, and now they have another two years under their belt of playing their system, but playing together. And I just feel that at a flick of a switch, these guys can mix it. They can just turn it. They can mix it. And I think they'll bring that on Sunday. I'm I'm really looking forward to watching Sunday's game now. If we're beaten Saturday, obviously, look, you'll still sit down to watch it. But I suppose it'll just be a little tinge with a little bit of, you know, does this really matter to us? But if Kerry wins Saturday, I, I just can't wait to sit down on, on, on Sunday to watch it because I just think we could be in for something special, yeah. Sean, just before we let you go, you say if Kerry win, can I get your prediction? Do you think they will win? I think they will, Oshin, yeah. I think they will. As I said at the start of the, the podcast, um, I, I just, I think Eamon and his team, you know, I mentioned it again in, in my piece. I think I've mentioned my piece a few times now, lads, have I? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Did you do a piece? It's a Kerry man, is it? That's uh, the Kerry man, yeah. Um, I could just imagine him on Sunday evening and Monday just in a dark room with his DVD and Paddy McCarthy, who's my neighbour here, he does his, his video analysis for him. I could just imagine him plotting and planning and, and, and he's shutting his wife Tina out of the house for the day or something, <laughs> just correcting and pulling his hair out at times I'm sure but just doing the little things that need to be done now do Mayo would Stephen Rocher have done exactly the same thing of course he would can yep. Mayo improve of course they can but I just think that Kerry will make more that little bit more improvement yep. not just from a defensive side their forwards can play a lot better you know our midfield can, our midfield can play a lot better I think he'll make about three changes I would say that will definitely um, that will definitely improve our, our overall our overall play yeah. And I would say Kerry would finish the job, lads. Yeah, I do. I, I'd, I'd have confidence that they'd finish the job, yeah. Okay, former All-Ireland winner with Kerry and uh, Kerry Man Columnist. You still are writing for the Kerry Man. You haven't mentioned it or dropped it in at any stage of this interview. Uh, Sean O'Sullivan, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Sean. Oh, she, no bother, lads. Thank you. Thank you. And good stuff from Sean, I think it's fair to say. Uh, this is Off The Ball's GAA podcast with Shane and Oshin. GAA on News Talk with Board Gosh Energy, giving customers exclusive access to the GAA Hurling All-Ireland Senior Championship at bgerewards.ie. Speaking of hurling, the build-up continues. Waterford taking on Galway on Sunday week in the senior final. It's uh, Cork and Galway in the minor final. It could be another great day for Galway. Obviously, from my point of view, I'm hoping it's not something against Galway, but I am, of course, a Waterford man. Tip... uh, Tip man Shane Stapleton, what do you think? You, of course, hate everyone as a tip man, so you probably <laughs> well, don't want anyone to win. You'd rather the, the game was cancelled. But that's only reflecting the hatred that comes towards Tipperary. Yeah, well, I know. Everyone, thinks, everyone thinks like Tipperary are arrogant. It's not arrogance, it's just better. I don't know. I'd say more I'm insecure than arrogant. Obviously, I'm messing. Yeah. No. There is, Your bitterness there comes from insecurity. Yeah, possibly. But uh, I'm looking forward to this game big time. Galway are a five points a better team if you were to go player on player because I don't think Watford have the, the free scoring forwards that they have. But. I think it'll be a point or two either way and I wouldn't rule out Waterford but it's hard not to yeah. go for Waterford. Now you are the Waterford man here. You are the man with skin in the game. Who's going to win it? I'm very confident about Waterford because I think we can shut Galway down. 
Mm. And I said this, remember, ahead of the semi-final, I said we'll shut Cork down and that would be the winning of the game. Yeah, and I agreed with you now, to be fair. Um, what about the loss of Conor Gleeson? Because Huge. Kieran Bennett will probably play because you'd, you'd imagine that um, Tyke de Burke yeah. will come in for Conor Gleeson. I mean, that, that seems pretty obvious. Kieran Bennett is either going to end up man-marking um, Joe Canning or he'll he'll be maybe on the likes of Joe Cooney or someone like that. Would you have him man-marking Canning? I mean, it's his, only his second ever appearance for Waterford. I'm not sure he's the physical matchup. Do you want Dara Fives doing it? Do you want Tyg de Burke even doing it? I I think we all expect Tyg to be centre to be sweeper. Yeah, I think Tyg or Derek might come up with something different here because people are convinced they know exactly what Waterford mm. will do even without Conor Gleeson, who is an incalculable loss. But because Austin Gleeson was let off and because he was the talking point they're more focusing on that. And the Conor Gleeson thing was more of a kind of a, a byline during the week. And I think it's bigger than a byline. Oh, I think he's, he's an incalculable huge. loss. Like he was on Richie Hogan, yeah. Conor MacDonald. Um, who did he shut down the last day? Conor Lahan. Like he's been excellent. Yeah. Underratedly excellent. And because he, do, he wears the number nine shirt, people don't realise that he's actually back there as a de facto type yeah. centre back or extra defender and yeah. it's misleading in some, some sense See the thing is, is we don't know exactly who can do that role because I don't think anyone's done it as well as Connor. now Kieran Bennett proved the last day he's a good player I know there was a couple of times he pucked ball away into the corner but if you look at Waterford and how they play at least once a match every defender I'd say does that because you run out of options ah, you don't yeah. have anyone to pass it and well you it's have the to perception of pressure yeah, more so exactly, than actually yeah. being under pressure God knows yeah. the amount of times so I think Dara Fives might maybe do it because he's got the pace to do it he, and he's now, also got yeah. the hurling that if he does get out in front of uh, Canning and win the ball which is you know obviously yeah. a tough enough thing to do Matt O'Hanlon succeeded yeah. quite well you'd imagine Dara Fives has the hurling to actually yeah. make something happen with the ball exactly because he has the pace as well so yeah. he might not necessarily pick up Joe because you wouldn't need a whole pot of pace on Joe even though he's mm. deceptively fast and kind of knows how to read the game so it, 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 sorry, it sounds like a massive cop-out but it'll yeah. be interesting to see what Derek does and I think he might throw something different I think Tyg will stay in the role, role he's in and then he has to decide does Kieran Bennett man-mark Joe and do you put Dar on Joe Cooney or, or maybe even Conor Whelan or someone like that someone mm. who'll do damage in behind Well it's all about exposing mismatches yeah. and like in a physical sense like Kieran Bennett has plenty of talent don't get me wrong but in a physical sense uh, much like John O'Keefe was targeted in the 2011 All-Ireland Final by Henry Shefflin you're going to look and say, who's the guy who's got the least experience here? And if we just look at it from that point of view, um, that is the person you target. You'd think, can I put Joe Cooney, who's a much bigger man on him, and start landing puck outs down on top of him? I probably would think of that. You know, in some ways, you'd almost want Kieran Bennett as the the sweeper of these guys because the rest yeah. of the guys are more physically suited to Galway. But Tyg de Burke and Darrell Fives are the as well, Kieran. Yeah. Now, the problem the last day against Shane Kingston is he gave away three frees early on and also Shane Kingston got a point. Yeah. And eventually the red card was obviously really costly for Cork. So everything thereafter for defenders is quite easy. It was a bit of a four-on-seven yeah. job. Uh, so I'd, I'd, be, I'd be a little bit worried about that for Waterford yeah. in the background uh, or in the back line. But... Yeah. But other than that, like the numbers should crowd out and frustrate Galway a little bit. Yep. And there'll be a lot more on the All-Ireland Hurling Final coming up on Off the Ball over the next week or so on Facebook, on the website, on air, obviously. And we've been talking about the teams who are in the All-Ireland Final, Waterford and Galway. But what about the teams who aren't? Obviously, Tip and Cork lost in the semi-finals. And a lot of people would have backed Tip to win the All-Ireland, even though Galway are the form team. But Tip have so much talent, so much experience. Well... To find out how one of the players is feeling about it and whether or not he can actually even bring himself to watch the final having come so close to getting back there. Uh, that's Noel McGrath. I caught up with him earlier in the week at the uh, launch of the Apple Green. Kim McCudd-Croaks hurling sevens. Of course, it's a competition 
that goes on the day before at the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Final. It's good crack if you can get out there too. Uh, but uh, yeah, here's our chat with Noel. Canning off the right, it's high. Joe Canning, it's over the bar. 74 minutes gone. The point of his career by JC standing on the sideline is Joe Canning, the Audrey of Dalyve again. Galway have beaten tipped by a point again in the game of the year. One goal and 18 points for Tipperary, the All-Ireland champions. 22 points for Galway. I suppose, look, obviously the immediate aftermath and the week, few days and week afterwards is pure disappointment. And um, you're going back through the game in your head and wondering the things that you might have done or that might have made a difference. And um, I suppose it's just sheer disappointment, like of losing the semi-final um, and um, wondering what you could have done or what might you have done. But I suppose um, we were straight back into the club the Saturday afterwards and um, that just gets your mind a different focus and gets you um, get you back on the pitch, back training and the Tuesday night after and everything back back going again and trying to do your best for your club again then again. So it can be tough going and it's disappointing at the end of the year to lose a semi-final. Um, so um, it's, it's hard to get over it. I won't say it doesn't make it easy because there's nothing would make it easy but does it make it easier is there some compensation in the fact that it was a one point loss and that it was literally a moment of genius that separated you and Galway um, I suppose look it, it was some point from Joe Canning like right at the end um, on the sideline like, to, to make the difference in the match uh, but I suppose uh, it doesn't really matter uh, what you lose by or a loss is a loss like, and it's disappointing um, one way or another like, so um, I suppose losing by a point um, can be tough but I suppose losing by 10 is tough as well so um, any loss and at that stage of the year like, there's no comeback so um, it's just very disappointing and um, it, it, it can be hard to take like, but I suppose as the saying goes there has to be someone that loses and someone that wins but and unfortunately we were the ones on the wrong side of it that day I was listening to Tip FM the following night and most of the texts and comments and tweets and all the social media interaction were reflecting positively on you as a group of players and you as a team they were saying look they absolutely gave it everything we couldn't ask any more pundits pretty much said the same look couldn't have asked any more gave it everything so again the term easier is probably the wrong one but does that the fact that it was it was a loss but but it was a positive performance it was like he gave it everything it's not like he left anything out there is that a better end to the year than we'll say in the past when you've had disappointing performances in finals or semi-finals and you know you have to take a lot of flack and and, and that's hard yeah I suppose it, it, it does help alright but I suppose any day you go out in a, in a Tipperary jersey or in a, in a club jersey um, you're going to be doing putting in as much effort as possible and you're going to be doing the best you can for the team so um, I suppose yeah look on the day against Galway there was every man done everything that he could um, to win the game for Tipperary and um, I suppose when you do that and still come up short it can be tough um, I suppose as opposed to maybe a day where you're saying um, you could have played a lot better and only lose by a point so um, it's it's hard to know really it's knowing that you've done everything you can is a bit of a help alright but um, I suppose uh, one point swing knowing that it's it's hurling is a game of fine margins like and small little things make a difference and um, unfortunately we, we we weren't on the right side of the result then I suppose the positive atmosphere towards the team within Tipperary has that been a help 
in kind of recovering from it, getting over it, looking ahead to next year, etc.? Ah, yeah, I suppose, look, it is. Um, you, you need all the support you can get from any angles, like, and having the support of the county is, is massive, like, and I suppose that for going forward, um, Tipperary Hurling, I think, is, is in a good place, um, um, and everybody will be, will be probably whenever the, the call comes for whoever gets back again next year, that um, Tipperary will, will be looking to get back to the top again, but look, um, we're all back with our clubs now we'll be fighting it out for the next few weeks in the club championship both hurling and football and um, that's what it's about that's why why we play the sport that's why we love playing it and um, we enjoy it Did you feel there was a difference this year as, compo- as com- compared to last year because there was a big thing made of the fact that Tip generally haven't defended all Ireland's and it can be quite difficult and it's 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 hard to keep the focus. Um, I don't think so no. Um I think that was talk that was I suppose that was for other people to talk about but as a group of players you're going back in like there was people new on the panel this year that weren't there last year so um, everybody it's a new group you're trying to do different things you're trying to um, win for Tipperary and um, I suppose I, from looking from the inside I don't think there was any difference and players were training as hard as ever training players were doing everything on and off the field to get themselves right to perform and um, I suppose it just wasn't to be I guess maybe it's something you'll reflect on and see how it went wrong whereas this close it's actually hard to tell and even being inside it it's, it's hard to tell if anything was different if anything was wrong yeah that's it yeah. it's very hard to tell like um, when it's such small margins like um, um, as I said uh, everybody had been training well the, everybody the tr- training had been going very well and everybody was putting in um, the effort that's required like so it's only small things and small margins that um, that make a difference and um, that's that's top level sport for you and no matter what sport you play in the world um, it's the small margins and um, I'm sure that it won't be the first or last time a match is won by a pint or two one way or another and I guess as well just certain things happened which were distractions along the road Jason Ford's suspension the league final you didn't kind of get up to the pitch of it uh, Bonner was away for a long time with the army and kind of came back in late so there was there was a few things this year that happened that that didn't happen last year and, and they wouldn't have been helpful um, look I suppose these things happen like and you just have to deal with whatever happens like life and sport are not it's not going to be all playing sailing all the time and like if um, different things happen people have things to do in their in their lives um, outside of sport as well like and um, that's all fair enough but to be honest I don't think um, there were any distractions really and these are just things that you have to deal with in life and, and in sport as well so um, um, there were just things that were there and um, I think they were dealt with they were everything was fine and the training never um, went down because of anything like that I've spoken to some players who've been involved in semi-finals and have come out the wrong side and they said can't watch the final wouldn't watch the final just couldn't do it would you be one of those guys or will you watch the final will you go to the final how will you treat it I um, no, look I suppose I, I love watching Hurling and love playing Hurling so um, I'll definitely watch the final but I, I there could be club championship on a tip that weekend so whether I'll be in Dublin to, for the match or not I'm not sure but look it's an All-Ireland final um, they're great occasions to be involved in when you're playing and um, it's unfortunate when you're not but um, um, I'll definitely watch the final and, and see how, how it goes Like, and uh, it, it can be hard like you want to be there every player that plays wants to be there on All-Ireland final day but um, unfortunately we won't be there this year many of the Galway players had been there before most of the Waterford players haven't what would be your advice to the guys who haven't 
Um, look, I suppose every player can deal with it differently. Like, and um, the Waterford lads will deal with whatever way they they see fit. The Galway lads will deal with whatever way they see fit. So, look, I suppose it's not for for me to say what's the right or wrong way to do it. Like, and um, every panel will deal with it differently and and approach it differently and the way that they want. And I suppose. Um, it's easy to say afterwards you should have done this or should have done that but I think everybody prepares the best they can and um, it's just on the day then um, if you can get the performance and get the victory is, is, is all that everybody's looking for and just before I let you go you'll want another double with Lockmore Castellani um, yeah, look, with Lockmore Castellini, we're, we're up and running now again in both hurling and football. But um, look, there's a long ways to go yet. Um, there's some serious teams in the club championships and tip in both hurling and football. And um, we'll be hoping to compete. Um, we're in the two co- county quarterfinals of both um, at the moment. So look, the next few weeks will be very important. It's a great time to be involved with the club. I love playing hurling and football and um, being involved in big matches and getting to September, October. And um, look, who knows? the next few weeks what will happen but um, it'll be nice to be successful again Noel thank you very much no bother Off the Walls GA podcast with Shane and Oshin that was Tipperary's Noel McGrath about not reaching the All-Ireland final he spoke to me at the Apple Green Kim McCud Croaks hurling sevens launch in Crow Park earlier in the week there's a man who knows how, I guess how to put things into perspective given what he's been through mm-hmm. in his life now obviously he's disappointed not to get there obviously he wants to win an All-Ireland again and obviously he's you know he's got it to have been beaten in the semi-final. But I've said the word before, I'll say it again, he is able to put things in, into perspective. Mm. But we're not here to talk about perspective. Yeah. We're here to talk Ireland, aren't we? We are. We are. We are. Yeah, Tip never looked like doing it this year. I was always worried about them. Ever since the Kilkenny match in the league, you could see that the work, the work rate that was so ferocious last year wasn't quite at the same level. And uh, that that was evidenced in pretty much every game thereafter. Yeah, and still they only came up short by a point against Galway. Should have been beaten by more, but but had they could have won. Up, yeah, could have won, but, but still could have won exactly. Yeah, but we're certainly not the better team. You know the, and I often say about the general flow of the game, yeah. how you feel it's going, who's feels like they're physically on top, and who's coming out with the ball a bit handier. It seemed like Galway always were, and they should have won by more. I felt. But at the same time, the referee gave some very soft frees to Galway coming out of defence late on, which could have easily turned the result the other way. But uh, I think it's, you know, I mean, <laughs> as much as like we go in and you, you do the job um, kind of object or like you're not really kind of cheerleading your, your, your team as you're, as you're covering the sport, like you're going to watch this All-Ireland final with biting your lip because, you know, it's going to be all Waterford for you. And like I, I'm watching Tipperary play a match and as much as I report on it, and I try to be unbiased. While you're watching it... We're you all are, from somewhere, and yeah, we want our teams to win. And so that's why you get into it in the first yeah. place. But, like, pretty much as soon as the match was over, I was more or less like, you know what, that's probably, yeah. you know, on the balance of things, the better team won, so I don't really have much of a truck with it. Yep. Okay, that's it for this week. As always, thank you very much, Shane. How can people send their abuse to you? Uh, at Shane Saint, please. And you can get me on at Oshin Langan. GAA on News Talk brought to you by Gosh Energy, official electricity partners to the GAA. Follow hashtag hurling to the core for all the Senior Hurling Championship action. Speaking of Board Gosh Energy, the Board Gosh Energy All-Ireland Under-21 final coming up in a couple of weeks. It should be a bit of a belter. Limerick back in the final where they'll play Eddie Brennan's Kilkenny. A lot more on that to come over the next couple of weeks and off the ball. Also, a lot more on this weekend's games. Uh, Mayo against Kerry in the football and Dublin against Tyrone also in the football. Those are the semi-finals on Saturday and Sunday. A lot more on this podcast next week on the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Final between Waterford and Galway. Until then, uh, take care. Good luck.